0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFU Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. Hopefully everything is coming through. Um, We are still trying to work through our internet connections and everything and trying to make sure we put together a good product for you because that's ultimately what we want. Um, So hopefully everything is coming through. Hopefully you guys are seeing us. Hopefully you are hearing us as we talk DC United uh the u.s uh men's national team washington spirit u.s women's team whatever comes our fancy but i think we'll talk mostly about dc uh john how are you doing my friend i'm great ted how are you doing i'm doing great um i am 100 percent ready to talk some soccer dc had a win an actual win we can actually talk about um which i think will be fun uh we also had Loudoun united starting off their game getting their first uh draw road draw i think so um yeah, it was some fun. The soccer's back, man. It's it's gonna start coming like hot and heavy. There's gonna be a lot of soccer to talk about. A lot of soccer to talk about.
1: Some might say too much. We would not
0: agree with that. We would not agree. Bobby Boswell, you are wrong, my friend. You're absolutely wrong, my friend. There is never, never enough soccer. Uh never, never enough soccer. Um, but yeah. Uh so should we just get into it? Should we just talk about uh DC United's first win, right? That that's all we have to say, right? They won a game. They won a game of soccer. It Oops. happened, <laughs> right, John? That's all we got to say. Ugh. We don't need to talk about anything else.
1: It was extremely ugly. It was uh, ugly. It was very bad. I didn't. I didn't have to watch it until today. So, I had. I had. I had the option to just never see it, but I chose to see it.
0: <laughs> I wish I didn't. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not pretty. Um, it was absolutely not pretty. Uh, I don't. The, the first half was terrible. Um, they, they played probably the worst soccer I've seen this team play in a long, long, long time. Um, they were completely flat. Um, I, I don't know what, what, uh, what Ben Olsen exactly sees as Julian Gressel as a center-attacking midfielder. I know I disputed that, that he was playing center-attacking midfielder in the beginning, but um, I'm – Not going to deny it at this point. Uh, He is playing center attacking midfielder. It's happening, and it's pretty bad, pretty pretty bad. Um, He he looked really he looked especially bad. This is probably the worst game I've seen him play. Um, I think he got redeemed a little bit in the um, in the in the last game against uh, uh, against uh, Colorado because he was uh, a little more. um, he, He got the course of the corner kick and the assist and everything. Um, but uh, this game he was very, very bad. Um, and it was not. Uh, it was just. It's very clear he's not a center midfielder. He was misplaying passes. I, I'm pretty sure on the first goal he was the one who first played that really bad square pass. Um, that I think Robinson from Miami jumped on. Right? A- am I correct in remembering that? I think you
1: are. That was before Robinson was exploded and and, uh, and taken out of the game. But yes, yes, he was involved in that
0: particular component. He was. He was, and it. it I don't know. I don't know what Ben sees in it. I don't know what Ben um, really understands in it, and really, I, I don't really get it why he thinks that that that's a smart move to play. He's a, he's a winger. He's always been a winger. Um, yeah, and uh, so uh, yeah, so it was looking really bad. Um, it was it was looking like this game was going to kind of come undone for DC. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of action. Uh, Miami was having all the play. They of course get the first goal. And we're gonna to have to live with that. Uh, every time MLS does one of those little highlight reels where they show every team's first goal, um, we're gonna to have to live with that. I think, and that that goal happened and it was really bad. Um, it was also bad, I think, on the defensive end. Brilliant, you know, left uh, uh, Rodolfo Pizar- Pizarro, um, and they're paying him a lot of money, but they're certainly not paying him a lot to. Um, they certainly that. Certainly, uh, he should score that goal. Pretty much anybody should score that goal from from how close he was up front. Um, and then uh, going to halftime, I, I'm down on this team. I, I'm ready to start throwing people under the bus. We looked terrible. We looked like there was no advancement. We were letting Miami get away with the game. Second half opens up. I think D.C. started a little more, um, little maybe had a little bit more energy, um, as you would expect coming out of this game. Uh, maybe generated a, a few chances. Um, and then there was uh, Gressel looked like he had a breakaway. Uh, the somehow, um, I believe it was, I'm trying to remember who the person was. It was Torres, uh, Torres, who, uh, appears to hand, appears to handle the ball, gets the ball away. Miami goes back and scores. And at that point, I'm, 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 I'm about ready to actually to turn off the game. I'm like, this is done. This is over. And then, uh, VAR happens and they see that Torres handles the ball. The referee judges that he stops a, uh, denial of an obvious goal scoring opportunity, red cards Pizarro. Disallows the goal. So now DC United is up. One, now DC still down one nothing, and they're a man up. Um, but even then I was like, well, we've been here before. <laughs> we've been here. We were here with nine men in, in Cincinnati and we still couldn't figure out a way to score. Um, and then I think it was about a two minutes later, uh, Flores draws a penalty kick um, and Assad steps up and scores, which was uh, pretty, pretty cool to see. Good to see him get back on the score sheet. Um, and then they win a free kick. Flores plays an excellent ball off the post and brilliant collects it. Um, so yeah. And it was a, it was a, it was a good goal. It was a pretty, uh, fantastic goal. Um, but that's kind of, uh, that, that was kind of a weird, weird game, a very, very weird game. John, you've been really quiet now. I need you to talk, please. I need you to give me your thoughts on the game.
1: Yeah, no, uh, it was bad. Uh, it wasn't good. It was the opposite of good. It was bad. Uh, it was one of those times where you get three points and you're like, well, that's good. I guess. That's good, I guess. Let's not let's no one think this means that we're in a good place. Uh, The team relied on having an extra man to get that uh, to get that opportunity for uh, a lead. That they they didn't play well up a man, but that's general. I think that's pretty typical of a a DC United team since we've been following. Uh, Miami continued to push the game down a man, making subs to continue to try to score goals. Uh, The defense. Is very particularly in the first half was extremely uncertain. They looked as, as uncertain as they did in the previous week uh, with bad clearances, uh, with the lack of cohesiveness that we used to seeing with this team. We didn't see it. We haven't seen it. That's that's worrying to me. Uh, and now we're also down. Joseph Mora. We're also down. Ola Kamara. Uh Probably the biggest the biggest things to come out of this game are those things. Uh, we we talked previously everyone has talked previously, not just us. We'll pretend it's just us, though. RFK Refugees exclusively have talked to you about how few, how little depth there is up front and on the wings, uh, and on wing backside, and, and look what happened. In one game, we have been felled in two positions at once. Ola Kamara, probably, I would say, maybe the uh, the more irreplaceable of the two. Um, Eric Sorga did not impress me much uh, in his 80 minutes of play, 75 minutes of play. I don't see... I didn't see a lot of great instincts, which is not something you would imagine from a guy who would scored so many goals in a very inferior league. You would hope, maybe that would translate a little bit.
0: So I I, don't, I, don't agree. I will defend um, Sorga a little bit. I mean, it, it is this is probably the highest level. I mean, the Estonian league is not obviously not a a you know a beacon of a beacon of great soccer. That, I'm not saying anything like that, but I think maybe, you know, he probably wasn't expecting to come into this game or play in this game. He gets thrown in the situation, the team's, you know, down a goal. Um it, he got some breakaways and he had some good opportunities. There, there were some good things that I saw, I felt over those um, over those uh over those over those 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 I guess 60 70 minutes he played. Um, obviously the fin- he missed two Breakaway chances. That if he puts away a goal, maybe we're having suddenly a different discussion. Um, I thought the first one. I thought he was fouled. Um, it looked to me like it was a behind-the-back tackle. Um, but still, you expect you know your striker to. Th- th- there's always that 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 second motion where you see the goal. Like, All right, now have the shot. Now have the shot. And he's waiting. No, no, no. I want it to be perfect. I want it to be perfect. And you know I, that's the type of thing that Ola Kamara brings to this team. Is that he he's a guy who's gonna if he sees an opportunity he's gonna you know fire take that shot. And we've had strikers like that in the past where they they have not they have not taken the opportunity when they've had it. Joseph Nguenya is one that comes to mind. He was always a player who would get himself in good spaces, but when it come to actually shoot the ball and put the ball in the back of the net, um he wouldn't do it so that that i think was uh was was a little troubling um I thought he he still has good movements i think he's he's getting in the right spaces um it's just it's just a matter of you know can he actually put the ball and finish? um and he's only twenty years old he's he, he's still a very, very young player. Um, I think if I'm d c though, I'm starting to look for other options depending. We haven't heard i I haven't checked. We haven't heard if Ola Kamara. no word out yet. No uh, word out yet.
1: All, all, but those two things being true, he is young and he, you know had some had some, you know has a hesit- hesitancy to shoot um as a forward. Those two things suck, particularly because now yeah. he's probably going to be our starting forward here for uh, now, granted, uh, it's possible that Ola Kamara is holding the back of his hamstring and had to come out in the 15th minute but is fine and will be playing next game starting and playing 90 minutes. That's possible, um, but very unlikely. Uh, I would you know, bet a lot of money. You've, you're going to be looking at an Eric Sorga starting uh, next week. Even if he wasn't ready to come in last week, I hope he's ready to come in this week because now now he's going to be counted on. Um, we had a replacement at left-back that was a little bit better. Uh, O'Neill Fisher played well uh, for his probably 50-60 minutes. A little bit of rust, but overall, much uh, a much smaller step down from the from the starter to the bench. In this in this case, at least my perspective, um, it's great to see him play. Uh, I think he's just like Joseph Mora, or just like uh, uh, Eric Sorga. I believe we're going to now see him uh, start because there's no depth at all at the left back position. So uh, the the <laughs> the depth is being tested uh, in week in week three, uh, which is seemingly always the way that DC United uh, gets dealt these injuries. They come in bunches and they come early. Also, Joseph Mora should just never play any team from Florida because <laughs> clearly he said, like Ted, he has offended the state and all of the players hate him and they're targeting him. That's the only thing that could make. This is three. This is three times in, in two years that he has gotten injured playing a Florida team.
0: Well, it's also, um, I I, don't, I wouldn't say maybe, I would hope he hasn't offended the entire state of Florida. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I agree. I think it's good to see Fisher um, get, get out there. Uh, Good to see him play. Good to see Odiostom get out there and and get some minutes as well. Um, You know, I I think losing more is big and he, he's a a very, very concerning injury for this team. Um, And I, I have I have very con- a lot of concerns about Ola Kamara, and so so here's the thing. I, I guess I haven't really I've been dialed in, but maybe I haven't been as dialed in as I should have. So um, I'm in my fantasy league, and someone you know tweets out they took Eric Sogra, and I message him. I'm like, what are you doing? That doesn't make any sense. Like, why are you taking that player to play on your fantasy team? And he says, well, apparently um, there's rumors that Olá has an injury. So I scoured Golf's blog, I scoured Pablo. They're all Pablo's on vacation. And uh, but apparently this came from uh ABC 7, which said that Ola Kamara left uh with a hamstring injury. And this comes down to maybe they thought it wasn't that bad, or that he had sort of left practice, and that maybe it wasn't a hamstring injury. Um, maybe it wasn't bad, you know. I'm like, oh, it's it's nonsense. You know, that's you know, pure conjecture. I'm I'm sure he's okay that he's starting, he's playing. He's out there starting, you know, DC wouldn't throw him out there if he wasn't re- if he wasn't ready. Um, yeah, they
1: would right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, and that's the thing. It's like they throw him out right now because they don't have any other better options, and then he pulls his hamstring, and now he's out. And it's it, it just gets down. It just gets down to this team. It's like we have this time and time again. I think I I think I tweeted out like MLS cult, you know, the, the whole MLS culture you know, meme or, or, or phrase has kind of been going around Twitter. I said, MLS culture is DC like going into a season with a paper-thin lineup and suffering three significant injuries before the season starts. Some of them season-ending, apparently. And it, it, it's, you know, the, I guess there's bad luck and then there's kind of making your own luck. Every team goes through injuries. Right now, the only I think the only two teams that aren't injured are Minnesota and San Jose. And Minnesota is running rampant right now. They absolutely pasted San Jose that last week. So it becomes a question, you know, what, what what's the deal here? Why, you know, this is causing me, you know, I've always held up Dave Casper as one of the better GMs in the league and how he understands the rules and his ability. He's still very, very good at that. But I'm looking at this and I'm like, we really can't find any other players. We can't bring in, you know, where are we, were we waiting? Is it just, you know, not, you know, getting the deal done? He's literally
1: walking around the concourse at, at, at the previous game. And if you're, if we're talking about, think about the NBA. Like we need, like we need a players on ten day contracts here. We need a short. We need a literal body in practice, and now on the on the bench and on the eighteen. Just, just find a guy. We need a guy. Get a guy. Yeah, it's He's, he lives locally. We know we you can find him on YouTube anytime. <laughs> He's available.
0: Just get somebody. I, honestly, my vote is for uh, CJ Sapong. As you guys know, I, I think go get him. Sign him to a contract have him and Kamara compete out for that spot. Especially I think I think a lot of it's going to depend on a lot of it's going to depend on what um what kind of condition Ola Kamara, what kind of injury he sustains. Again, we haven't heard anything yet. It may just be, you know, week to week thing they pulled him out as a precautionary reason early season, you know, just get him out there, but yeah, I'm I'm thinking he's he might be done for a bit. Uh, my guess is at the very my 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 fear is that it's like a month. Like he's going to be out for like 3 to 4 weeks or something like that cool um, yeah <laughs> that would be very cool yeah yeah and you know and you gotta well, ben has said the team is gonna
1: look entirely different in in may and summer and uh yeah i i would hope so i would i would hope <laughs> so that that would be the case because right now as everyone said before the season started this is an incomplete roster and who would have thought that the areas that were least complete would be the areas that were hit hardest i don't know everybody that's just the way it always goes. Injuries seek out your weak point somehow magically. It seems to always go that way. So we're in the spot we are because, like you said, we put ourselves there. The team put themselves there. They got what they deserved. Now we have to see where are we going to go from here. You know, we've got a team coming in, or we're going on the road, I believe,
0: right? Yeah, the road it's the it's the, the road trip now. We've got on the road against Cincy and then on the road against uh against uh Philadelphia. Um that's not going to be an easy game. Don't that's, like that game. No. Prefer the first one. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe some points there, maybe no po- <laughs> maybe no points at the next game. I'm not sure. Uh I want to quickly address a question here on the chat. I think this is uh Mark Rickling. Is this on Casper or on the budget he's been given as far as uh putting this team together? I think this is on Casper. Yeah. Um even even on player there is room that Uh, is in this salary cap now, particularly after the CBA sign where a league average MLS player could be, could be gotten, could be found. We're not, I'm not necessarily saying as a backup to old you need to go on the transfer market, pay a transfer fee and find somebody there's, there's, there's money for a player of that fashion. Even if we're talking funny money, they could, they could conceivably get a player utilizing nothing but this sort of artificial currency that buys down contracts. That would be, that would be very reasonable for a contract of that size. So, you know, we, yeah, this podcast has, you know, defended that, uh, that sort of those, those judgments on the team based on money um, in the past. I think in this particular case, when you're talking about backup depth. A question here. Are you still there? Yep, we're still here. We lost you for a bit, but it's okay. Sorry, I'm back. My internet did a thing. Uh, Greg Koch has a good question. I want to make sure we get to that. Uh, What effect will the coronavirus have on MLS? I think that's a really good question, considering very timely considering uh, Italy shutting down all of its sports uh, leagues due to the coronavirus. Uh, What effect will it have on MLS? I've talked to people already that are talking about not going to games because they're concerned uh, about being in public. And being sort of in a, in a tight space like that, um, I don't think it will have a big effect on MLS until it has an effect on every league. So that, yeah. maybe a bit of a cop out. Like I don't think I don't foresee this coming here very soon. Um, it's going to grow, and the media will continue to sort of focus on it. Um, I think maybe more, more, you know, more even than they are now. But I don't anticipate you know, in open air stadiums, um, there being. Uh, a super giant risk to, to, to people to, to come to games, but I could be wrong. We, we could see a lot more tickets available on the secondary market. We could see a lot more empty stands. I know that we had the lowest attendance at a game in Seattle, um, ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that happened this past weekend and they're having a, a large, but you know, as these things go, a larger outbreak of this, of this disease in, in the Seattle area. So that makes sense, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's certainly, it's, a, it's affecting a lot of the West coast areas. Um, A lot, uh, a lot harder Uh, in kind of it started sort of on the West Coast and it's sort of been spreading East Coast. We're now getting reported cases in Virginia and Maryland. I think it's going to be a question of how much, you know, how much is it starting? How much does it spread in these in these other areas? I mean, are we reaching the peak where suddenly then it's just going to kind of start to dissipate because, you know, we've, they've caught everybody who's, who has the virus. Um, and I think that's going to ultimately determine, I think MLS is, is monitoring it. I'm sure they're keeping track of it. Um, but at at the end of the day, I think MLS is, is harder hit by this, uh, than other sports leagues would be simply because, uh, if you, if you've, if you've looked at revenue, uh, the large part of uh, MLS revenue comes from ticket sales, um, other sports leagues rely on TV contracts. So if, you know, the NHL has to play games behind closed doors, that means that they're still going to, they're going to get that many more people watching it on TV. Now, maybe that happens with MLS, maybe MLS, games in MLS behind closed doors generate a whole huge TV audience because everybody that would have been in the stadium is now watching it from home
1: or podcast audience. Also, we got to think about that angle.
0: Yeah. The podcast audience. Exactly. Um, uh, so I mean that, that could be a change, but I think that, that is why MLS, I think other teams you're going to see a lot of other teams start playing games with fewer attendances or maybe even closing doors, um, particularly games out in the West Coast. I could see MLS either canceling games and pushing games later um, because that, that ticket revenue is so, very, is so very, very important to them. Uh, more important than a lot of these other sports leagues. A lot of the other sports leagues rely a lot more on TV money. Um, so it might not look good for a couple games, but they know they're gonna get they're gonna get people watching because people wanna watch the Pittsburgh Penguins. People want to watch, you know, the the Los Angeles Lakers. Um and I think that's the that's sort of the difference. I know I just said Pittsburgh Penguins on a DC radio. Bad Ted, bad Ted. I know there are gonna be some people that are gonna mention that. Um they're gonna want people are gonna watch the Washington Capitals, though. People are gonna watch the DC Defenders if they have to play in front of closed doors. Um so that that I think is going to play a large role in in sort of DC, unfortunately in 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 DC's in Now, obviously, if it gets to a point where it's like it's a full spread, you know, pandemic, then you're you're going to see him say no, we need to shut the doors. Um, especially if every other sports league is doing it, um, they're going to start shutting their doors too because no one wants to be the sports league that looks bad. Uh, right. PR-wise. LeBron so. said he wouldn't play in front of an
1: empty stadium, so we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. I I, I think that he
0: will. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that the league will be like, no, you're gonna. It's yeah. Fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, people just watch them on TV. I don't know. Anyway, it's weird, yeah. though, man. I watch some of those Italy games like in front of empty stadiums. I mean, so, it's always it's always strange. And it would hurt MLS, too, because of just how vibrant the crowds can be and how much fun that can be to to sort of watch it them. It makes
1: other than this game, other than we uh, probably talk about it for two seconds, other than this LAFC game uh, that you were watching and that I was watching uh the crowd has a large factor in how watchable MLS is because otherwise you're like, well, I'll just watch other better leagues then <laughs> like, like the, 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 the crowd noise and the intensity that you get that sells the product on TV. If it's not there, it sucks um, to watch. So yeah. I, I don't, know, I will not be watching MLS games with, uh, with no fans in the, in the stands. It will not happen.
0: I mean, that game was incredible. You're right. It's incredible amounts of fun and the crowd was into it. So that's yeah. going to make you into it. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it was it, it, crowds play such a role. It's how the league has grown too. How it's become a more watchable product. It's why TV ratings, I think, have gone up. You know, it, it kind of gives that extra, you know, sense of sense of atmosphere. Um, you know, when the I mean, what what it, what are the <laughs> you know they do like those crowd shots at the beginning of the game? Imagine playing like a MLS game in front of an empty stadium and they're just doing like shots of just like empty seats or something like that. It's going to be yeah. terrible, terrible. It would be.
1: The bummer, the bummer from Fred Briant, uh, who got uh, nominated for goal of the week. Unfortunately, he will be losing <laughs> uh, decisively if if Jacob Glesnes or however you pronounce his name doesn't win by 95 like percent. Uh, we should just shut down fan voting. Yeah. But if some, if somehow you have not seen these goals, um, do so. Go 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 on the internet. Carlos Vela scored one at, at, at the onset. I was like, oh dang, goal of the week, great goal. And then <laughs> and then the goal from seventy five yards into the and two. As you watch that I, in the first replay, I was like, that goalie was just was rooted. He didn't think he was going to shoot from there. That that you know, goalie mistake. And then they show you the behind the shoulder, behind the back shot, and that ball is running the entire time. The goalie it is not often that a shot from like forty-five yards. You say the goalie had no chance, but he kind of didn't have a chance. The ball was ridiculous.
0: Oh, and, so good, so good. And, and that's been kind of the statement of this league. There, there are so many goals now. Now, I. I've been a watcher of this league for a long time. And I just remember like, you know, when, even when there were the 10, 12 teams, there weren't as many games, you know, I would watch DC, I would watch LA, they would usually be pretty good, but it was like, that was it. That was all that was entertaining. Watching like Columbus versus new England was a friggin' drag to get through. I remember my dad and I were sitting watching a game and we're like, this is awful. You're watching like two teams, like hack at a soccer ball. And then we watched DC and they would play fluid passing soccer with Gomez and Moreno and Eske. And it was literally it it was it was so crazy how bad. Now it's like I turn on a game between Atlanta and Cincinnati, and yeah, Atlanta's playing good. And then Kubo steps up and drills a shot into the net and it's it, it's crazy that he has that much space and i'm sure even he was kind of like wait a minute you're going to give me this okay i'll take that and he and he drills the shot there were so many goals that would have been goals of the week that now it's like i don't know man it's hard it's hard it's it's good hard problem to have. what's that sure. good problem to have oh for yeah sure. It's entertainment, and I think there was even a guy on. Um, I think it was like Br Football was saying, like, "Look, like, was this like am I, when I'm watching MLS? Am I watching Real Madrid versus Barcelona? But, but I mean, the Real Madrid Barcelona game wasn't that good. It was, it was good technical soccer, but it wasn't fun or entertaining. This is fun and entertaining, and I enjoyed it. So, um, you know, I, I think that's that's the key thing. MLS is getting fun. This has actually been. Probably one of the more fun opening weeks um, I can remember, just in pure entertainment quality and 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 goals and everything. There's still the stinkers. There's still the Orlando versus Colorados of the world where it's one nothing and literally it's like the most boring thing you ever watch. Uh, but then you watch like. You know, Houston versus SKC, and I see Alan Polito turn on like a half volley and, sh- or I guess a semi half volley, and like shoot the ball in the back of the net. It was a fantastic finish, and it's just like there's the 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 quality and the amount of spending in this league on, on particularly on the attacking talent. Now, the defending talent's another question. And I wonder if MLS is, is really going to keep encouraging because, you know, the defending quality of this league is not great. There's a reason Brilliant's getting a new contract and still here because he's a he's a competent MLS defender. Moneyball. Yeah, exactly. You just you pray you have a competent enough defense that you can sort of plug the holes um, offensively. But um, I mean, it's been fun. It's been absolutely fun to watch MLS. So um Let's talk a little bit since I mentioned Cincinnati. Let's talk a little bit about the game. I've had the preview up there, and we haven't really said much about it. I mean, this is a game probably we marked down as a, as a win, and I, and I was kind of thinking that after the after Cincinnati's first game, they didn't look too good. Uh, watched them against Atlanta, and uh, they were they were down to Atlanta, which wasn't really surprising. Again, Atlanta's also even
1: Joseph, Martin, even Joseph Martinez less Atlanta. They're still they're still a very dangerous and oh yeah, team.
0: I mean they still they still have Barco and Ezekiel Barco and um and uh, um, Pity Martinez. So that that's more talent than most teams have, like even on their roster when they're fully healthy. Um, so they're still a good team. They're still a dangerous team. Um, and th- they'll be solving that offensive Issue pretty quickly with somebody it's not going to be what they have right now um but they you know they're you know they were pretty much in control of that game and then you know Cincy kind of didn't back down um so they're dealing with a lot um we're going to have an interview tomorrow with a, with a Cincy correspondent from uh Cincy uh, I think it's Cincy soccer talk I think we've had we've had one in the past so um we're going to have them on again and kind of go through a little bit about Cincy so stay tuned tomorrow um or I guess Wednesday is when we'll release that um but uh, they did not really back down. Uh, the new guy, the Japanese striker Kubo, had a really nice strike and a really nice goal. Um, but they're still cincy, and this is a game. I was just what I was. What I was hopeful. What I. What I only think I'm hopeful from the from the Miami game. They got to win, and I'm like, all right. Can we build some? Can we build at least some momentum? You know, I, I don't know who's starting at t- up top. It, but can we get at least a little bit of, you know, momentum? It would have been nice if we have gotten a third goal, you know, one of the so- uh, Sorga breakaways had gone in. Um, but this is a game you, you got to walk in and you got to think three points. I, I, I got to be honest, going up against uh, Cincy, they're still a mess. They still don't have a coach. Um, they're apparently got 20 or 30 calls um, from a coach. I'm assuming those are like, you know, college coaches or, you know, D3 coaches um, or Eric Rinalda, probably one of the, one of the three there um calling to see what about the job so uh, but they still don't have a coach they're still dealing with an interim situation Yoan Dame is the interim coach um
1: yeah you know i would say with our with our with our starting uh forward in play i would have said maybe you know it's it's one position whatever maybe um, we obviously scored two goals uh, without <laughs> him but i am i am i am concerned i am i am whelmed. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think this is going to be a walk uh, it was funny too before the turnaround in the second half like the announcers on TDn were like yeah you know DC United was probably looking at that calendar and they were looking at those first two games and Colorado at home and they're looking at this game looking at Miami at home that's six points easy walk let's go and then Cincinnati on the road that's nine uh, and then you know luckily magically and we reached into a magic sack and pulled three points out but in general uh, his his point is a good one like we uh, we're not we're not quite hitting it all cylinders yet, and that's the understatement of the universe.
0: So it would not be. Would you be surprised if we go on the road and don't get any points? I, I, I don't I think I'd would would be surprised. Be. No, I really wouldn't. I mean, I, I could see Cincy. I could see Cincy looking at this game as here's a chance for us to sort of you know turn the tables. Here's a team that that didn't play really well in their home opener, still trying to figure things out. I mean, in, in a sense, though, that does make DC dangerous because. You don't, you don't have tape, I guess, you can go on of them playing well because they haven't played well. Because
1: that hasn't happened yet. I like that. <laughs> that is, that so, is a very
0: so, optimistic way of looking at that. I like that. <laughs> so maybe this is the game they put it all together. Um, I, I mean, I think Flores is starting to find it. I think he was a little bit better, I think, than he was in the Cincy game. He obviously drew the penalty, um, of course, and then he also drew the um, – uh the free kick. Excellent, excellent free kick. I really wish that had gone in. Some people were saying, well, I think Robus had it covered. You're probably right, but I-, I wanted him to score that, I think, and I wanted to um wanted him to do that. Yeah, I think we're gonna go ahead and uh we're just gonna open up the phone lines right now. 202-905-0454, call in. Uh we have our producer right uh, on the line, producer Brian, who many of y'all met at the uh live stream home opener. He is here, he is taking your calls and he will uh he'll send you in um so yeah uh i guess do we want to talk loud we didn't get to talk yeah. loud yeah let's, let's talk see. loud and let's let's talk about maybe some slightly happier things
1: yeah i watched this game live so that was that was different for I, me. I wasn't watching it today multiple days later um an interesting game overall i think that they were uh coach martin will be happy uh, about the defense the defense was the problem uh last year i think uh particularly late defense so that sort of almost bit them here at the end. Uh, I think that they almost conceded twice in the last five minutes, which is when they gave up the majority of their goals last year. Uh, but overall, uh, the young D.C. United players were were exciting. They were as advertised. Uh, no Griffin Yao, obviously he was on the 18, but Kevin Paredes came off the bench after being injured. Ted Pietro was amazing. He came oh, yeah. on in at halftime for Elvis M.O., and he turned the game around. Um, really, I mean, we, you know, we've talked about him now for a little while. He is, he is definitely a player that I think will excel in Loudon this year, getting more and more opportunities. Uh, he is a young player. I think he's 17, maybe 18, uh, but he is, he is absolutely one to watch uh, overall. Uh, new striker, uh, or not new, but uh, uh, Alune Nador uh, played. Uh, he became, He played five or six games or scored five or six goals last year towards the end of the year. Uh, was not clinical whatsoever. Um, had probably three or four chances to score. Um, would make the wrong choice. So if there was a pass to be made, he would shoot. And if he should have shot, he passed. And that happened a couple times. Uh, I think that's rust. I think it's not trusting your your teammates yet because it's a new season. Uh, but overall, uh, you know, for a team for a team that struggled early last year as they were starting nineteen thousand games in a row on the road because of Segarfield not being finished. Uh, I think it's an encouraging point against uh, Philly union two side. Uh, I, I, Colin Miller.
0: Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I just think it's, it's what's really positive and why you should be watching these games. If you're a DC fan is how good all of the DC Academy players look. There isn't one guy in there that you're like, Oh, he's not ready yet. He should, he should be in the Academy or he should go to college. All the guys that they're bringing in are players that conceivably you could see playing for DC in a couple of years. Um, some even less than that. Um, I think Kevin Pardes is one that I think we're going to see. Um, Griffin Yao, I don't remember much from him. Did he play? Was he in this he he was on the same? Be- he
1: was on the bench. He was, he was on the, on the bench for DC. And,
0: and, and interesting uh, interesting thing, I don't think there are any – I looked quickly at the roster, so I might have missed something, but I don't think there are any DC guys on the Olympic roster. Um, so these are guys that I would be shocked if if some of the guys like Griffin Yao, Kevin Pardes uh, didn't uh, – I think one player I'm pretty sure was in the U.S. camp. So very surprising he wasn't, I guess, called in. But that could be a case of DC saying, "Nope, we want to keep him here." You want to, and they tell the player, "Look, you, I know you want to, you know, maybe compete for the Olympics, but your best opportunity is to be here and to be, um, and to be competing for minutes with us." So, um, yeah, yeah. If you're looking at that Loudon side that started here, players that are
1: actual prospects with DC United: Adam Lundgaard, Lundgaard uh, Alex Ravia, Kevin Paredes, Jeremy Gray, Moses Nyman. Uh, Ted Cudi-Bietro, Brandon Williamson, former Academy player, uh, and Jacob Green on the bench. Those are all players that the team believes that could be on the big roster sometime uh, soon. This is a you know dramatic departure from the Loudoun United team of last year. This is definitely Colin Martin, or not Colin Martin, I'm sorry, Ryan Martin, <laughs> Colin Martin <laughs> playing for San Diego San Diego Loyal, I believe. Yep. Uh, but Ryan Martin, the coach of Loudoun, not the player for San Diego Loyal, uh, putting his stamp on the team, actually crafting a roster uh, that really gives opportunity to the young DC United players that, uh, you know, he he wants to play and he wants to get on the field. So, uh, you know, early season was not a riveting watch. Certainly they're going to improve. They have an off week uh, coming up, which sucks. I think for everybody, Uh, as far as like getting in the groove, they have the bye week this next week and then they travel, I believe to Atlanta United to getting another dose of uh, MLS two sides Um, coming up.
0: So, so, uh, John, pretty positive though, John, I have a, so I have a, a a quandary for you. All right. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's assume things don't go well this year for DC. DC decides that, you know what? Enough's enough. Olsen. Thanks. Thanks. But no, thanks. You're out. Would you want Ryan? Would you want them? Would you want Ryan Martin as the coach or would you want them to go out and find somebody?
1: If he got fired mid season, mid season. I'd go Ryan Martin.
0: Uh, you i would go want... Chad Ashton? Come on.
1: No, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Chad. I'm always the bridesmaid, <laughs> never the bride in this case. I would say, you know, in this fantasy universe, um, if we made a change mid-season that we were probably tanking so bad in the table that playoffs weren't looking serious, which would mean I'd want a player, I'd want a coach who knows the youth that we would actually give opportunities to. at the Now, and then the next year, I would say probably want to go out and really make a splash considering how long we've been sort of in the Ben Olsen universe and trying to expand beyond that potentially. But that's my
0: thought. It would be really tough for me because I would look at that. I look at a hire like Ryan Martin. I would say, you know, I I look at the way what, what I guess so amazed me about that sort of that first game. and, And, you know, I know that Ben didn't have the full lineup for a lot of the preseason, but that, that team looked like they were at least very much more familiar with each other. And he's also dealing with a lot of Academy guys who sort of played with each other. I mean, I get all those stipulations, but I I mean, if, if we're comparing just which team looked like they had clearly played together and were on the same page and playing in the correct positions, I would go loud United over DC. I thought they, they had players look like they were in the proper positions. Was it perfect? No, but they were even playing a style that I wish DC would play. I guess what frustrated me so much about this, um, about the Inter Miami game was just how slow we looked. We didn't look like we had any urgency. We had any any, you know, type of we it was clear Miami was going to sit back and counter. That was very clear, but it was a lot of slow passing, slow moving, and I'm like that style's not going to work for this team. This team's going to win if they if they attack and they attack quickly and they press and they win the ball and they force, you know, odd odd man opportunities on the other end. And we thought we were getting that um when they played against uh when they played against uh, Philly. That's what I thought the type of team we're getting, and we're not getting that yet. And it seems to me like Olsen's kind of reverting back to a sort of slow possession style buildup. And you can do that if you have the right players. I'm not sure this team is built to do that. So maybe I would like a guy to come in to who has an understanding of the youth system, give opportunities for guys like Griffin Yao, and, you know, maybe if he does well enough, you know, you give him the head coaching job and you trust that, you know, you're putting a guy in yeah. there. I mean, he's not just a, um, he's not just a, uh, a, um, he's not just a, a, uh, he's not just a, uh, a, a DC Academy director becoming a coach. He served as an assistant in, uh, FC Cincinnati. He served as, uh, Assistance elsewhere. So, I mean, I think he would be. It would not be a crazy hire. Um, now, also, I do maybe want to see them splash a little bit, splash the cash a little bit. Why not? But it'd be hard. It'd be difficult. Yeah.
1: I, honestly, I'm hoping that the real, the real, situ- the real story here is we figure
0: out how to put it together here pretty soon. Yeah. And, <laughs> I think. I think we all want that. I'm just. I'm just. I'm throwing out hypotheticals. For hypotheticals.
1: And sure. I, I, I honestly think that uh, if these injuries aren't serious which I think that they will be (laughs) if somehow they aren't um, then I think we'll get there. I think there's two, we've had two games um, at home against uh, opponents that we were looking to boss that did not present to us the way I think that we thought they were going to. Um, And I don't know how the weather was like this weekend, but the pre the the home opener was windy as shit and it was really, really bad. Uh, It was cold. It was the coldest day of the year so far. Um, So that was, you know, I'm just trying to think like, Optimal, like optimal conditions for good soccer have not been met. Hopefully, somehow we have an unseasonably seasonably warm day in Cincinnati, so we can remove that excuse, and this team can finally just uh, yep. put at least forty-five minutes of cohesive attacking soccer together, so that we can we can be calm. But I don't think it. You know, do we want? <laughs> we can we can roll right from that to sort of our um, sort of our predictions um,
0: about if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> I think, I think probably not. You know, I want to, I I really, I want to believe that (laughs) I want to believe this team can put it together. I I don't want to lose to Cincinnati. I think that would just be, I mean, we would be, we would become the butt of every joke in this league. I mean, it's, there are always those marquee losses. I mean, I think we're learning that Colorado is probably better than we thought they were. Um, And I think that, so that loss is not going to look as bad um, as it did. I think, I think Colorado is going to be right in the middle of the table competing in um, and, and, and a Western in a Western conference, too, where, you know, you have LAFC in Seattle and kind of everyone else um, in a way, you know, L.A. doesn't look that good. They're still trying to figure out how to use Chicharito. Um, uh, that one. What's that? How about that one? Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't see it looks good with Alan Polito, but I mean, I think, you know, Colorado's kind of situating themselves in there um as far as uh you know as far as dc i mean i would just i would love for them to come in and, and this would be the game they would sort of show you know maybe yeah i don't know maybe getting out of dc might be a good thing for them i don't know um I this is i, I don't know we haven't really seen there's always a question when foreign players come in you got to play on turf and this game's going to be on turf um and not good turf uh it's certainly not the worst but it's uh it's not great, um, so I'll be curious to see how um, how Flores handles that. Um, I, I guess I'm looking um, what I'm looking out of this game is is the same thing I'm looking out of the last game. I want to see I want to see more cohesion. I want to see this team actually be on the same page and generate chances and and do all those things that you know I I I think they can still do. I still believe this is a talented team. Um, I think right now they are being mismanaged by Ben. Um, I, I hope to God, I hope to God, we see, we see, uh, uh, Gressel outright, please just stop this. His, he is such a good, right, right right-sided player. And I get that, you know, maybe he wanted to play centrally. Maybe that was part of the deal. I hope after this game, Ben sat down with him and said, look, look, uh, Julian, we, we love you, but you're, you're great on the right side. You're excellent on the right side. We need you on that right side. Um, because you know you see some of those those sort of sharp dribbling and passing through traffic uh, from Flores, and I think he'd be much more s- suited to that position. Um, so I'll be I'll be watching that next game. Um, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go one nothing victory. I don't know. Uh, call me crazy. I, I I I I I can't help but I have to be positive until it becomes oh so overwhelmingly negative that I have to accept.
1: Did we have? A uh, two man advantage at the end of the last season when we drew them zero zero at home, or was it, was it one man advantage? It was a two man advantage. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. All right. So we got different, different teams,
0: different teams, different sure. teams.
1: But let's hope for eleven players on the field the whole time. Just yeah. to- <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, a couple comments on Twitter. I want to make sure we get through. At uh, DC Ulysses says, "You didn't ask, but my two cents is that Felipe was the man of the match, the true man of the match. He got into it with Miami, showed his teammates that this was a fight, and provided the spark that led to the W." Um, and I'm also never going to cheer a red card again because DCU plays better offense against 11 players. That second tweet for sure true. Um, yeah, I mean Felipe, uh, Felipe is Ben Olson's got to love Felipe, right? Like <laughs> he is, he is piss and vinegar all the time. Um, he is going to mix it up. Uh, he understands the value of sort of playing with the supporters, which is I think is a lost art sometimes uh, with some players, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's he's not really been uh, he's not stood out to me so far in 90, in 180 minutes um, overall. But then again, like I think that it's, sometimes it's hard for a player in the defensive midfield to really really stand out like that. I, I, I'm happy I'm happy he's on the team. team. Um, I'm I, I
0: think that you know. I don't know. It's good. He, he, <laughs> I'm he, glad he plays with an energy and a passion right now. I mean, him going to the fans, you know, he, he plays, he, it's clear he is, he is, his charm offensive as we've talked about before has worked, but this was definitely a game where we saw the Felipe everybody hates Uh the, the play acting, the, the players being like, come on. And like picking him up off the ground and like in trying to like get him to get up and, and, to, and to stop play acting. Uh, this is like the first game for DC where we sort of seen uh, where we sort of seen that that sort of play acting that he does. Um, so he's got a reputation for it. Um, it, it he, he is who he is. Um, I think he has, you know, settled himself in well to this team. Um, you know, I'd like to see this team, you know, try to see if they can get Russell Knauss and Moreno back into that combination. Um, but right now, I think, you know, you've got such a shortage at, at defense that Russell Knauss is there. Um, and that's that's kind of the way it is, So, which is a little sad, but... Uh, Russell Cannas is also struggling a little bit at right back, I think. I, I he has not looked to that, man. He isn't he is not very good at right back. So well it's strange because he was he was so good last year. He was a reason when, when DC moved him to right back, that's when we started to like not only keep teams off the scoreboard, but started to push for started to actually win games.
1: This because he wasn't Leohara. <laughs> because he wasn't Leohara, who was just a complete sieve.
0: So he <laughs> I
1: I think he I think at best he he strikes as a, as a league average right back for right MLS. I really I think that I think he is the drop off from his positional situation to the middle of the field is dramatic in my in my mind. But you know, we'll get a chance to we'll get plenty of opportunity to to verify that here because he's not going anywhere. He's he is stapled to right back no matter what happens. So
0: Yeah. I mean maybe maybe Fisher, maybe Fisher Odiastum, maybe Mora's injury isn't as bad and he gets back and DC gets that speed, that sort of Mora Fisher combination we saw in two thousand eighteen. Um that was so good. Um and-
1: at DCU 2020 says I'm optimistic about Flores. He earned the foul that became Assad's penalty, and whose free kick hit the post that Briand then put in. Also Sorga, who worked hard but needs need time for chemistry. I am concerned about Gressel
0: though. Bad
1: passes and some weak
0: defending. What do you What do you think? I mean, I think he he played the center attacking role, so I don't think defense is necessarily his first responsibility. But just just bad dribbling and in sort of bad passing, not very tight, and that concerns me on turf because it's not it's not going to be as easy to control the ball. Um, as it is on regular grass. Um, I'm very, very concerned. I'm very concerned. I'm not concerned about Gressel because I know. And there's a lot of people. There was some people out there saying, "Oh, you know, ah, oh, Gressel's awful. Gressel's terrible." I- I'm not concerned about Gressel. Gressel as a player, I'm concerned about how he's being used right now because he's not being used properly. Um, and that's something Ben needs to figure out, or someone needs to figure out, or he needs to turn around his play and be the best center attacking midfielder the league's ever seen. I mean, I suppose that's possible, but based on these two games, I don't see it. And I think Ben needs to realize Ben needs to realize it with Gressel, and someone needs to tell Gressel that he's not a central midfielder. He's a right. He's a he's a right winger, and he can be very effective in that position. So it's not using his strengths well, and I think that's the biggest problem with Gressel right now.
1: And the last one, we sort of touched on this already, but I'll make sure I get it out there. At Hoya Nick says Sorga got mixed reviews from people I talked to. Some liked his footwork. Most agree he lacks pace. What's your opinion? I think I mean, we talked about. It. I think the his unwillingness to get the shot away when potentially the shot is there is a problem for for me at least. I think that that's I think that's a, a bad attribute. It's a Connor Doyle esque attribute for for a DC United forward. Um, and I think that it is going to take some time maybe for him to adjust to the pace of the game. He was bamboozled a few times by defenders uh, on Miami, sort of uh, tricked into fouls. They just sort of did the okie doke on him a couple times, and I think he fell for it once or twice. I think in the 83rd minute, uh, he had a hold-up opportunity play, and then he just ended up kicking out at the defender, um, and who, who then promptly fell over very easily because he knew what he was doing. So I think there was a little bit of naivete um, for him in his first game. He's 20, new league, all those disclaimers, yep, yep, yep. Um, But now he's in a position where he's got to make it happen. So let's hope he can make it happen uh, very quickly.
0: Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he can. I did want to uh, sort of bring up – there was some sort of spirit news that came out, and I think we should maybe uh, – we should cover it for sure. Um, that season's coming up. Um, we're definitely going to be talking about them once you know games start happening for them. Uh, but uh, Shayna Matthews apparently is uh, going on leave or stepping away from soccer uh, to be spend more time with her family, uh, which is good. And uh, apparently she's going to take up a uh, designated leave spot, um, which I think still means she gets um, – she still gets paid. Um, she's being paid ex-
1: solely out of the discretion of the spirit. There's
0: no, there is currently no
1: maternity or family leave type of policy in place in NWSL. So this is solely coming out of ownership's pocket to, you know, really enforce to, to her and to the rest of the team and sort of maybe even the league that like this is something that needs to be in place. This is what should be happening. And we're going to take the lead and, and make sure that she's made whole. She is, however, married to an NFL player. So I think she probably could have made it uh, without it. But it is nice that it is nice that this is an this is an option and this is what they're doing cuz they're valuing her individually as a person and a player not just necessarily saying well you don't need it so don't. Worry.
0: Yeah, and it's good it, it it's really good for the league and it's 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 really good that they're taking that effort to do that. Um I am it makes me positive about the about the uh, NW NWSL, NWSL ownership. Um I was not a huge fan of the previous owner of the of the Washington Spirit. Um I was not a fan of of him at all and uh I I feel like these new owners got off to a little bit of a rocky start with me, but I think they have started to doing things like this, make me, you know, happy um, as to what, as, as to, as to the sort of the direction they're taking with the club and, and the support they're giving to the players, which is important, um, which is important. And and hopefully they can sort of build out um, a winner this year. Um, there's a lot of talent coming into, coming into this team. Um, Roosevelt looks all the bit more dangerous. U uh, uh, S playing in the, she believes cup right now. Um, and she's, Playing pretty much at the top of her game, so I'm going to be really, really excited to see her um, play for the Spirit this season. Um, and they're gonna they're gonna open up at Audi Field, I think. Their first game, I think, on the 18th they of April
1: so, on national television against uh, Olymp, Olymp, Olympic Olympic Lyon Rain or whatever the hell they're calling themselves. I now, OL Rain.
0: I think it's just OL Rain. Rain is what they're calling it. That's it's it's, it is. that's a little disappointing. Uh, it's it's it, it it's disappointing. It's not disappointing that there's a. There's somebody willing to spend money on a team in the league. That part's all good, but just the the making them the OL, OL Reign and and you know not sort of at least trying to represent it to the city um, is is uh, where they're playing. Even I guess they're playing in Tacoma, so it's you know not like they can't really call themselves Seattle Reign anymore. So, um, but a little, a little disappointing. But I think it's good that they have the, the the ownership in the league. So I hope I hope the Spirit don't get bought by like Chelsea or something like that, and they change them to like. Chelsea spirit or something like that. Um,
1: Chelsea has their hands full uh, with their, with their league handling (laughs) business at the moment. So they're, they're, they're good. Um, Also uh, just sort of the, uh, the preseason roster announcement came out for spirit. Um, So no real surprises there. Uh, It's a young team, lots of draft picks coming in that appear to have an opportunity to really make the team out of camp and really make an an impact, particularly now with, with Matthews uh, going on leave. Um, there are one, two, three college draft picks at the forward position and a non roster invite as well. Um, so, so I think it's going to, this is going to be a lot of shaking out here in the next couple of weeks. Ted's finding this out at the same time as all of you uh, are, but we, I have a, I have a staff, uh, Washington spirit staff person that we're going to be speaking to in the coming weeks about uh, the season to do, to do a preview. So again, we're going to definitely ramp up our coverage and we're going to have a lot more than we have had before. Um, so we're excited to be able to do that. We already we've already done that with Loudon. We've already we've already had a coach interview with Loudon, and I was able to watch an entire game of Loudon and give <laughs> analysis of it. So we are already ahead of the eight ball uh, from that perspective. So Spirit, Spirit, you're next. Uh, we're gonna get that. We're gonna get that. and
0: exactly. And we're gonna try to cover all the teams that we can we got the olympics coming up for the women's team we'll definitely be talking about that um that should be fun to watch Ho- hopefully the coronavirus doesn't kill that um because that would be very very sad um to see but uh but yeah, we're we're gonna be we're gonna be covering the team. We're gonna be talking about the team. Good lord. I'm looking at a picture of like Christian Pulisic from like when he was a kid, and he looks exact I don't know where I found this pick picture, but he looks exactly he, there is literally you you look at this picture, he has not aged like a bit. He looks exactly the same. He's and got he- a he's got
1: a very grizzled beard going on right now since he's been off the field for a million <laughs> like a, you know. He's trying
0: months. to he's trying to he's trying to look a little older. He's trying to look look a little older. Um, and we all until we don't want to anymore. Exactly. Yeah, not what we all do.
1: <laughs> um so I think uh, with that do you want to wrap the wrap the show up in a bow here Ted? Yeah, let's wrap it up. So, uh folks, uh if you if you were to go to rfkrefugees.com now, uh that's us now. We own that. Uh, right now it currently points to our Patreon page, which is exciting because we now have figured out what we're going to do with Patreon. So, uh if you're listening to this right now live, good for you. There's a few of you doing that, but that's not most of you. So, what's going to happen is we're going to do this live show Theoretically, start taking calls. Theoretically, start taking live comments as they come in. Uh, we'll get better at that, I'm sure, folks. <clears throat> uh, but Tuesday, we'll have the show up on all of your podcast uh, destinations that you like. Uh, and then we're going to have video up uh, that we can actually edit down and see if there's anything good at, that came out of this. That's, a, that's a to be determined. If there is, then that'll be up sort of Thursday and Thursday and Friday. Uh, Ted and I are going to try to do a quick Depending on where we're at, this 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 is the only part of this that's sort of uh, uh, flexible. Is that if there's a possibility for us to do a quick post game chat, like five ten minutes after the game, uh, go live, uh, vent our spleens, which is the most likely scenario out of a post game situation. Ted Ted will be very mad. I will be very mad, and we'll talk about it real quick, and then we'll throw it up on our Patreon as well. Uh, but that that's really that's what we're doing here. So the idea is that you, if you are a Patreon person, you're going to get access to the exclusive, the full exclusive interview that we're going to be doing, uh, tomorrow releasing probably Wednesday, uh, with our, with our friend from Cincy soccer talk, that kind of stuff. So you're going to get that first and then you're going to sometimes get that only. So, um, if, if, if it sounds interesting to you, uh, to, to do that, we would love it if you would join us on there, patreon.com, or you can just go now you can just go to rfkrefuge.com, uh, and join us at a tier that makes you feel comfortable. Well, may I recommend the $5 tier? It's a good tier. Um, other things if you have uh if you have not somehow followed us on twitter i don't know what i don't know i don't think that's possible i don't think we have any listeners that don't follow us on twitter but <laughs> at rfk refugees on twitter or on facebook for some reason we also continue to have uh which was a surprise to me because i forgot we had it we still do have a uh discord server <laughs> that we <laughs> used to use more and we're going to use we're going to use more uh uh, going forward, uh, I'll have the we'll have the in the thread the link for that in the show notes for this podcast that's coming up tomorrow, uh, and I think that's it. I think that's really where we're we're trying to make this thing a little bit more regular and predictable. Uh, we're, we've got some exciting things in the works for episode 100, which is coming up super duper fast. Um, so uh, be excited for that. I think I think uh, I think longtime listeners will feel uh, rewarded for for seeing the growth. Over 100 episodes, if everything comes off, and if not, even if it doesn't, then it's just me and Ted doing our thing, uh, as we have done 99 other times before. So it's uh, you can't lose. Yeah, I,
0: mean, I can't believe I can't believe we're about to get to episode 100. I, yeah, I really did. Well, yeah, and and just the growth we've got we've had on the show. We talk about it a lot, but I mean it's it's amazing um, just to see the growth and, and and what we've been able to produce and the comments we get and and everything. So um, thank thank you all again so much, and thanks to our Patreon subscribers. Um, we we're trying to we're trying to figure out a way to make this uh, worthwhile for you. So we hope you enjoy the interview with Cincy. Um, I I think I you know I'll try to do kind of what I did with the Colorado interview. You know we'll talk about the game coming up, uh, and then we also kind of do a deeper dive into you know I, I love talking about sort of the the culture and the status of teams and and kind of you know there's a lot to talk about off the field with with a lot of these MLS teams as well. Um, so I think it's an important conversation to have to have. So um, and I think there was one Patreon that requested a private RSS feed. Uh, I will be working on that to get, get you that. So uh, stay tuned for that.
1: Also, I want to make sure that we uh, I, I was going through uh, mailing some of our longtime uh, Patreons, some some swag today. And I just wanted to thank individually uh, Greg Koch, who has been with us from the beginning. Uh, he's been a very gener- generous, generous, generous supporter of the show. And we really appreciate his uh, continued support and also engagement in the show. So uh be like Greg and and uh and and join us on this almost 100 episode long uh journey that we've been on.
0: Yep. And uh I think with that we'll uh, wrap up the show. uh patreon.com/refugees twitter.com @refugees join us. Thank you all so so much and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos.